You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. Our scripture reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40 of the Common English Bible. When the time came for the ritual cleansing, in accordance with the law from Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. It is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. They offered the sacrifice in keeping with what's stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. A man named Simeon was in Jerusalem. He was righteous and devout. He eagerly anticipated the restoration of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Led by the Spirit, he went into the temple area. Meanwhile, Jesus' parents brought the child to the temple so that they could do what was customary under the law. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, and he said, Now, Master, let your servant go in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation. You prepared this salvation in the presence of all peoples. It is a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and a glory for your people, Israel. His father and mother were amazed by what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This boy is assigned to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that generations opposition, generates opposition so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce pierce your innermost being too. And there was also prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, who belonged to the tribe of Asher. She was very old. After she married, she lived with her husband for seven years. She was now an 84-year-old widow. She never left the temple area, but worshipped God with fasting and prayer, night and day. She approached at that very moment and began to praise God and to speak about Jesus to everyone who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Mary and Joseph had completed everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to their hometown Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew up and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. The word of of God for the people of God. Thank you, Dainty, for reading our scripture. So last week, our construction committee chair, Jean, and I met with the company that is in charge of designing and installing our new sound system for the sanctuary that is currently under construction. 
We're anticipating construction to com be completed somewhere around February of 2024. And in this meeting last week, the sound tech said, we should really order your microphones soon because there's a long lead time. So far, we've heard about long lead times for lights, bathroom fixtures, and a slew of other items. Now, there's a few reasons that the COVID pandemic has caused delays. And I have a friend who needs a chip for his car, and he was told it would be a full year before that computer chip would be available. In the era of same-day delivery, having to wait a full year or more to receive a product you've ordered can feel kind of frustrating. The COVID pandemic not only changed shipping, but it also changed the commuting patterns for many people. For the first two weeks of quarantine, the roads were almost completely empty. And then folks started returning to the office and there were more cars on the road. In fact, there were more cars than there had been because some folks were commuting alone instead of taking the bus or metro. Metro had to cut some services. Some bus routes were completely discontinued and others simply ran less frequently. This left a lot of people either sitting in traffic or waiting at a bus stop or waiting for a train at the metro. In this week's chapter of Liturgy of the Ordinary, Reverend Tish Harrison Warren reflects on the spiritual practice of waiting, inspired by her experience of sitting in traffic. She writes, quote, as one who is beloved of God, I must learn the hard practice of patience. Sitting in traffic stuck is one of the very few times in my day where I embody the true state of my whole human existence. On the way, already but not yet. Living as a creature in between, waiting. Our congregation is experiencing the same sense of in-between, on the way already but not yet. We are watching the construction at our site finally go above ground. But we had a sense of waiting at the very beginning of the pandemic when we were only worshiping virtual, waiting for the day we could assume worship here in our temporary space. Waiting already but not yet captures the very heart of the Christian experience. In the early 20th century, French philosopher and mystic Simone Weil wrote, waiting patiently in expectation is the foundation of the spiritual life. Waiting patiently might be something that a person could be good at or others struggle with, but waiting patiently in expectation, that adds another challenge even to those who have learned to be patient. Keeping up a sense of expectation can be exhausting. Some of the early church Christians experienced the death and resurrection of Jesus, and they had a sense of expectation that Jesus would return in their lifetime. Reverend Warren wrote, Christians are people who wait. We live in liminal time already and not yet. Christ has come, and Christ will come again, and we dwell in the meantime. We wait. But before those early Christians waited for Jesus to return, there were generations of faithful people of God who waited for Christ to be born. The gospel lesson that Dainty just read for us is densely packed with people whose spiritual lives are rooted in hopeful anticipation.
rooted in waiting, rooted in faithfulness of expectation. In just 18 short verses of scripture, we see four different people who knew firsthand how to build a spiritual life on the foundation of waiting patiently in expectation. We have Mary and Joseph, who bring Jesus to the temple for presentation. This is happening 40 days after Jesus' birth. Jewish law prescribed that the firstborn males should be designated as holy to the Lord. So that is part of why the family has come to the temple this day. But it is also time for Mary's ritual purification that was necessary after childbirth. This moment reveals that Mary and Joseph are deeply formed by their religious faith. They are faithful to God and to the law of Moses. This is the home that Jesus was raised in, a home of faith, a home who followed God. Then we also have two elders in this story. We have Simeon, who's described as righteous and devout. We have Anna, a prophet in the temple. In this world that they lived in, they had been waiting and waiting and waiting for God to show up with a Messiah. Jews were living in oppressed times. They were under Roman occupation. The roads around Jerusalem were dotted with crucifixes showing the bodies of resistors to the empire. And here we have Simeon who comes to the temple and who is told by the Holy Spirit that he will see the Messiah before he dies. He holds fast to this promise of God and he returns day after day to the temple. And then we have Anna, a prophet. And depending on the translation, she's either 84 years old and is a widow after only being married for seven years, Or some translations say she's been a widow for 84 years. Either way, she too has been coming to the temple and fasting and praying and waiting with faithfulness, waiting with expectation. And she is known as a prophet. Prophets in those days were preachers and teachers and proclaimers, proclaiming the promise of salvation that would come with the Messiah. Prophets would point out how the world is broken and how God would come into that brokenness. They would describe the disconnect between humanity and God, and they would proclaim the way to return to right relationship with God. So you have the prophet Anna and the faithful Simeon who have come decade after decade waiting faithfully for this promised Messiah, and suddenly... Jesus shows up. They both see this baby as a Messiah. Simeon sees that this is the fulfillment of the promise that the Holy Spirit said that he would see the Messiah before he died. And Anna, the prophet, she is so excited about this child that she begins to praise God. And she proclaims that this is the good news for all who have been waiting for the redemption and salvation of Israel. I'm struck how after waiting for so long with a sense of faithful anticipation, 
Both Anna and Simeon are able to recognize Jesus in an instant. And then Mary and Joseph, the ones whose lives had been formed by that time of waiting for Jesus to be born, for the ones who had heard about what their son would do, the ones who had shepherds and angels show up after their son had been born. Even with all of that, verse 33 tells us that Mary and Joseph were amazed by the reaction that they got at the temple. They were amazed when Simeon raised up Jesus and he broke into song and he said, this baby is salvation. This baby is a light of revelation for the Gentiles and a glory for your people, Israel. Simeon and Anna had built their lives upon waiting for the Messiah. The heart of our spiritual lives is all about waiting too. About living into the promise that God has made that one day, Everything that is broken will be restored. That there will be healing and liberation and freedom for all of God's creation. This work is rooted in love. In receiving God's love and being transformed by God's love and then sharing God's love. We live into the hope of this promise by being active in our waiting. It is not just about sitting around It is about receiving God's love, about being transformed by God's love, and then sharing God's love. This reflects who we are as the people of God who wait for the full restoration of all of creation. Reverend Warren reminds us that patience does not make us passive about the brokenness of the world. She writes, we are not blithely waiting to abandon this world for the next. Christian faith is never an otherworldly, pie-in-the-sky sentimentality that ignores injustice and darkness around us. We know that things are not as they should be, and we know that here, not up in the sky, but here on this earthly realm waiting for the world of peach trees and inchworms, of brass bands and didgeridoos. Here in this world, God will make all things right. Heaven will be established right here in our midst. We live in a waiting world, a world where time itself, along with all of creation, groans like in childbirth, waiting for something to be born. Here in traffic, when I'm stuck in the in-between, neither where I've come from nor yet where I'm going, I inhabit that sacred space, waiting and hoping. My present reality is fundamentally oriented toward what is to come. I am on the way. Waiting, therefore, is an act of faith that is oriented toward the future. Yet our assurance of hope is rooted in the past, in the person of Jesus of Nazareth, and in his promises and resurrection. In this way, waiting, like time itself, centers on Christ, the fulcrum of time. Thanks be to God as we wait with anticipation.
Amen. Let us respond in prayer. Close your eyes and bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for the beautiful example of Simeon, the godly old man who was given the beautiful promise that he would not see death until he had seen Jesus, the promised Messiah and Savior of the world. And for Anna, who worshipped you day and night and spoke about Jesus to everyone about redemption. May we demonstrate the same devotion to you as Simeon and Anna as we look forward in eager expectation for Jesus' any day return. Teach us your way. Illuminate our hearts. Guide us into all truth and align our thoughts to your thoughts so that my life may honor you. And thank you for the reminder that you allowed your son Jesus Christ to lay aside his heavenly glory and be willing to come to earth, be born as a little baby, and live a perfect life so that he could die a sacrificial death for the sin of the world. Thank you for this wonderful example of obedience to you. And thank you that he demonstrated to us how to live a life that was totally dependent on you. I pray that the, like the Lord Jesus, I would grow in grace and increase in wisdom and understanding for your praise and glory. I pray that I would learn to say without hesitation, Thy will not mine be done in all things. And as children of God, may we say the prayer that Jesus taught us as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.